Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Let us hear leaders talk about communication. There's hundreds and hundreds of business books and leadership books about effective communication. And a lot of us have read them. Some of us kind of might take what they say into consideration. But let's just say that effective communication is something that most leaders have heard about. So why are we so bad at it? Like, really bad at it. So as I was thinking about today's episode, it took me back to this experience I had a number of years ago where I was a new employee in an organization that was really well known. and. I was brought in in part to take on this, to take on and actually build this really extraordinary project that was going to have impact over the entire city that I was living in at the time. And so I was psyched. It, it, this project fit with everything that I wanted. I talked to the CEO at the time and she was amazing. She had like great pedigree and her experiences and great visionary. And I was super excited to be able to work with her. And as I was hired, she went on sabbatical. Okay. But she said, you know, I'll be around to give guidance of this big project. So in my particular department that I led, it wasn't just that big project. I also had the other regular everyday, smaller projects, things that we had to get done things that we needed to be responsible for. And oh, by the way, my department was a department of one (laughs) with promises to add, I think, two more people to it. So communication. So I knew what the leader, the CEO, what she wanted to achieve with the big project. And I knew also from her communication that I was taking over a leadership department and that I would have at least one or two additional people join me because the projects that we were responsible for quite literally impacted one of the largest cities in the South. So, you know, I'm thinking, great, clear communication. And, you know, my focus is mission. What's my mission? Okay, I know what my mission is. What are the resources to execute on this mission? Okay, boom, boom, boom. I knew. I knew what the vision was for this particular project. So as I'm being hired, though, she goes on sabbatical for a year, I think it was. So there I am. I, you know, get onboarded and I'm very excited and meeting everybody and, you know, feeling very, like, very on point and know what I'm doing. And I, I realized that she left two people in charge. So. I had, there were two people who were kind of co-CEOs. She was still CEOing from afar. And I had my direct boss. And I had, remember, this really big project. 
that had a lot of moving parts because it was new and it was sort of trying to take the vision of this senior leader and make it happen. And so I got in there because I'm all about the business. So I roll up my sleeves and I start to build and, you know, craft and think about and dream and start to give structure and form to this big, amazing visionary project. And then there started to be these challenges. Remember, there's two co-leaders and then my direct boss. But what became very clear very quickly was that none of them were on the same sheet of music, not one. And in fact, there probably was some infighting going on for who really was going to be the leader of the organization. And so I'm sharing this because this goes under this bucket of effective communication. And to share with each of you as a, in your leadership role, what happens when lines of authority and responsibility are unclear? What impact does that have on the people that work in organizations? And every organization that, that my company, Leaders Transform, every organization that we've had, that we've done work with, effective communication is a huge area that we have to double down and really work and help leaders strengthen. Because we all think we're communicating clearly, but we're communicating clearly through our own lens. And we're not taking in consideration the listener and what they are understanding about our vision. And then if we have even more complicating factors, let's say, for example, competing priorities or competing visions or posturing for leadership roles, it makes it even more complicated. And so here I am trying to execute on this big project. So I remember building out the project, giving it, it's a big framework, right? And talking to my direct supervisor who wanted me to tweak here and noodle there and do some different things. And then from me, it went to the two co-leaders of the organization. And then for some reason, it just got bogged down. Now, you may already know why I got bogged down. No clear authority, no clear responsibility, and everyone was thinking through a different lens of what the project should look like. So this is my story of three bosses, multiple missions, competing priorities, and inconsistency in communication and directives. So I'm toiling away, and I also had deadlines. I had not only deadlines for this huge project, but I also had deadlines for all the other smaller projects. And oh, by the way, this whole entire department that I was running was the job of, of at least three people. But it was only me, because the logger jam of decision-making and communication above me had actually stopped us from hiring anyone because it wasn't clear what we were trying to achieve. So we continue building out this project, trying to get clarity, trying to get that information from the, uh, the leaders who were literally, it, it, I swear it was like a tennis match. They were bouncing the project back and forth, the framework back and forth. And then it had to be bounced up to the leader who was on sabbatical. She then gave her clear directives of what she wanted to have, and then it filtered back down and it got to me. And so I'm, okay, I, I get some level of clarity of what she needed to have happen. But as this whole thing is, is transpiring, weeks are going by. 
As weeks go by, my stress levels begin to increase. My frustration begins to increase because there was no clear directives. And as as much as I can create a mission or create a path forward, when the communication coming from the other three leaders above me, when that communication was inconsistent, when it was contradictory, literally one person could tell me one thing and then the other person could contradict them in the exact same sentence or email. And so imagine again the frustration. And because I'm one of those people that likes to get things done, I got increasingly more frustrated. If you were in episode 11, I talked about the imposter syndrome and self-doubt, something that I experienced. And during this particular uh, career experience, I was still experiencing self-doubt. And so imagine as I was trying to really give birth to somebody else's vision, the lack of effective and clear communication was causing my self-doubt to be triggered more and more and more. So let's take a, take a second. Why is this important for a leader to know and understand? It's just this. When we lack clear communication as leaders, when we complicate our directives, or when we complicate projects, when we, when we think that we have to give all the detail rather than the most critical, simple, clear details, our people, our followers, if you will, our direct reports, they're suffering. Some will suffer in silence. Some will suffer in apathy. Some will suffer in lower productivity. Some will get sick and not come to work, which costs you money. Some will be dusting off their resume and finding someplace else to go. And for me, what started to happen is I got more and more frustrated because I'm time bound. I knew I had to implement this because it was literally this huge project had implications for the entire city and our reputation. But the inability for the leaders above me to have a single vision, a single mission, and a single voice of what needed to have happened really began to cause me serious stress and frustration and literally anger. My relationship then with my direct supervisor began to be eroded. I was getting snarky, like for real, I was starting to get snarky and like, look, we need to make a decision or why aren't you all making the decision? Or I thought we were supposed to do this. Now you're telling me you have to do this. That went on for another few months and the project literally stalled. And there was no way that I could figure out. And again, thinking about the people who work with you, thinking about your direct reports, it's not their job sometimes to, to fix broken communication between leader peers. So if you have leaders who are your peers and the communication is broken and that's creating challenges for divisions or departments or groups or teams, it's not the team member's job to fix it. It's your job as a leader to start to do the self-reflective work to understand where are we creating, uh, where are we creating inefficiencies over, 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 make things overly complex. Where are we doing that? And in my case, in this particular story, professional story, none of that self-reflection was taking place amongst the leaders. In fact, as things became more stressful, their communication began to break down even more and more. 
And for me, I started to silo. I literally remember I, I would not leave my office. I got to the point where I just was so frustrated and pissed off, frankly, about the lack of forward progress. I just, I would just sit in my office and be frustrated, right? What did I ultimately do? I remember the day that I gave my resignation, like I can see it right now. And they were shocked. They were shocked. But the other thing that I want to share with you, as I spoke about in episode 11 about self-doubt, I ended up absorbing the, what I perceived to be the failure of the communication, the project, everything. I absorbed it as my own failing, my own inability to navigate around all of the miscommunications and challenges that were coming from leadership. So I, I again, when I walked out that door, people were surprised. And I didn't, I didn't walk out with my head held high knowing that I'd done my very best. My self-doubt, my sense of, sense of imposter syndrome kept talking to me about why I couldn't solve that problem. You might have the same experience. You may have a conflict right now with a supervisor or, or a, a boss or even a peer leader. And you may be working double, triple, extra hard to navigate it. And what I want to say to you is, first and foremost, do your own work, your own internal work. Leadership is all about an inside job. It's 100% an inside job. So do your work internally. Get really crystal clear. You may even write down what is in my control and what is out of my control so that you're clear about where you can make adjustments, where you can shift, and where you actually can't have any impact or control over whatever the situation is. We need to value and we need to develop the willingness to have these hard conversations as leaders. The room is all about having a space where we can talk about the things that leaders don't want to talk about, like how we screw up communication because we're locked into some battle of superiority with other leaders, or we're posturing to be noticed, or whatever the other 10,000 things are. We, we have our own unmet needs, and so we're trying to get them met at work, and it's creating conflict. Leaders are people. We're people. I'm a person. You're a person. And we got all kinds of stuff bubbling around inside of us. And it all comes out wherever we are on the other human beings around us. So in the case of the story I was sharing, I tendered my resignation. I walked out in tears. (laughs) I walked out in tears and I remember saying to one of the people, I failed at this. And I remember the person kind of trying to comfort me, but it wasn't any comfort because I hadn't done that inside work that I needed to do. In that case, I had a leadership role and I had a followership role. And what I've learned over the years is that if I was doubling down on my personal development work, if I had gotten a coach, for example, an executive coach at that, at that time in my professional career, that I probably would have made a lot of other different choices in my career progression. I would have tackled things or I would have left some things alone because I wouldn't have needed to to go into them. So hopefully this is a 
this this scenario story will, will just give you some opportunity to reflect on how the communication is inside of your organization, whether it's you to your team, whether it's you to other uh, peers, or whether it's you to the supervisors and bosses and CEOs and C-suite and VPs above you. Whatever it is, make sure you're not confusing people by your communication. Make sure you're taking the most simple route, not simplistic, but the most simple route of communication. Don't overcomplicate things. Check for understanding. Hey, do you understand this? Or tell me back what you just heard me say. That checking for understanding is really powerful. Sometimes you need to say something and have created an environment where your people are happy and eat and feel comfortable challenging you. That doesn't make any sense. I don't, why are we doing that? I don't understand. And that takes a, that takes a lot of evolution as a leader to create teams that are willing to exchange and, and engage with you. Because a lot of us, frankly, are tied up that, you know, leadership is about power and, and role and position. It's not. It's about influence and impact and inspiration and leading people to be their very best selves, especially in a work environment, but really anywhere. Right, so choose simplistic, sim, sim, choose simplicity over complexity. Choose clear communication that you check consistently to make sure that people are clear what they need to be doing. Over inconsistent directives, check yourself. If you know that you are reacting and doing things because of other leaders, or you're trying to, you know, box people in, check yourself because you're probably creating a lot of anxiety, angst, and maybe some folks who are dusting off their resumes. I hope this was helpful. Share it with a friend. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com, and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening, and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.